Hi, welcome to the Wusa Podcast, a limited series where we'll unpack issues affecting black and brown women on the job, some of my own crazy workplace stories, and good discussions aligning with both my career development books, Wusa, a survival guide for women of color working in corporate, and Workplace Peace, a workbook and journal for women of color, seven keys to obtaining a more fulfilling work experience. I'm your host, Coach Rock Robertson, and I'm here to help you navigate the workplace more effectively while protecting your peace and cultivating smart and strategic career planning moves. But first things first, let's take a deep breath and woosah. We are back with episode four of the Woosah podcast. And as always, I am grateful for your time tuning in and joining me. I'm excited about today's episode, but I've been excited about every episode. But listen, today, especially because of the content of today's episode, is what really led me to taking a wusa, recognizing the need for one, and certainly writing a book titled Wusa, A Survival Guide for Women of Color Working in Corporate. Today, I am talking about stress toxicity, and taking action. Now, I understand this podcast is predominantly for women of color navigating workplace issues, and stress and toxicity are certainly workplace issues, but I'd be remiss if I did not use a part of this podcast with the demographic of black and brown women that are tuning in to address not only toxic work cultures and work-related stress, but also how to reduce stress, how to recognize and break up with toxicity in our personal lives as well, whether invited or uninvited. Unfortunately, we're living in a day and time and culture where toxicity is celebrated. And I started thinking about viral video trends that are talking about my toxic side or toxic this, toxic that in a glorifying manner. And then I started pulling up rap lyrics from some of the current prominent female artists out there that's talking about how dudes love toxic chicks and toxicity. And I plan to open this podcast with some of the lyrics, but I can't lie, like my heart broke and I was a bit repulsed reading some of the lyrics that glorifies toxicity that we wouldn't even want our little nieces sisters or daughters to adopt as truth, but there are women out there bouncing, nodding, and twerking to them. Admittingly, I used to be one of them. It's something about the beat, right? Maybe you're not into the lyrics, but it's something about the beat that does the luring while the lyrics does the lacing. Lacing our psyches with subtle and subconscious false truths and twisted ideologies? Now, before anyone tries to come for me, I do understand that this conversation opens up another can of worms, and actually it's most appropriate for another episode on another podcast for another day. But I will say that our personal lives plays a very prominent role in how we show up professionally. Wusa certainly intersects the personal and the professional. For example, 
If you're susceptible to toxicity in your personal life, you'll likely have some immunity to it in the workplace. And either way, you'll get the short end of the stick, even if it's in the long run. And if you're stressed out in your work life, that stress hinders you from being the best woman, mama, auntie, or wife at home. But for today, I'll keep it workplace stress and toxicity with parallels that you can use for your own personal life as well. This is because I love you, and I want to see all women, especially black and brown women, healthy and whole in and out of the workplace. Toxicity, let's define. Merriam-Webster defines toxicity as the quality of being harmful or unpleasant in a pervasive or insidious way, or the quality of being toxic or poisonous. And we all know that poison and stress kills, literally. And so can workplace and life toxicity, even again if that's in the long run. Toxicity is a slow death that you can do something about. So that's toxicity. Think about it. Here's the definition for stress. Stress is a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. Toxic environments usually is what triggers stress. So stress, again, is a physical or um, mental emotional strain resulting from adverse or demanding circumstances. And toxic environments usually trigger stress. Workplace toxicity is defined as a place where there's negativity, gossip, bullying, unproductiveness. It's a work environment where employees are stressed, communication is trash, there could be racism in a toxic environment, blame, belittling, unethical behaviors, harmful and nasty attitudes and actions exist in toxic environments. Now, again, ladies, I'm going to be referring to our lives as well as drawing parallels between the workplace and our lives. And as you're learning about this topic, I highly encourage you to evaluate your life and relationships, not just your workplace, because the goal is to not only identify toxicity and manage stress, but also to take action, which is the title of this episode, Breaking Up with Toxicity and Managing Stress. Hey, did you know that there's a difference between wisdom and knowledge? Knowledge is knowing something. Wisdom is having the knowledge but applying what you've learned. So knowledge is just knowing something. You may be knowledgeable about something, but to demonstrate wisdom is to apply that knowledge to use what you've learned. Say it with me. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. I'll say it again. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. That said, my goal is always, first and foremost, to inform and educate you ladies to encourage you, and to inspire you to apply what you've learned. There's no use of listening to this podcast, reading any book, or learning anything if you're not going to apply it. And sometimes it takes a tiny step. I get that. Sometimes you won't be able to just apply everything instantly, but you have to work at it. So let's talk about toxicity first. 
Over the course of my professional career, I've had the privilege of working for multiple companies in different departments, capacities, and on a variety of teams. Every opportunity provided a level of exposure to intricate aspects of the business. And that variety was really good because it allowed me a chance to interact with talented people from all walks of life. And while a good deal of my experiences were positive and rewarding, there were countless challenges. And like most things, we have to take the good with the bad and learn from the bad. But what happens when the bad is too much? What happens when the bad is impacting you physically? This was my story at many points. The bad made it overwhelmingly difficult to remain in a positive headspace. Some cultures were flat out stressful and toxic. And to be honest, working in live news and television altogether is stressful, especially if you're on the production side because we're responsible for making the magic happen of what you see at home on television. So work is already stressful, right? So having something else compounding like an environment that is toxic, it just really make matters worse. So with that said, let me just kind of break down the difference or just really illuminate it a little bit more, which I, I deal with the definitions. But the difference between a toxic environment versus a stressful one, because I've also, you know, being on social media, you hear people just calling things toxic or this is a toxic that. And toxicity and stress are not the same thing. Stress is just stress. You could be stressed from a workload or a job that you absolutely love, which doesn't make it toxic, right? Your spouse or your family or your kids can cause you stress, and that doesn't mean that they're toxic. Now, some of them are toxic, but that's another story. You get the point. The difference between toxicity is it's embedded in the culture. It's like a bad rerun, and it's the experience the same time. You're going to get the same thing every time. That's just a part of that DNA, that fabric, that culture is just toxic. It's not just, I don't feel like coming to work, I work in a toxic environment. No, you may be stressed out by work, and that doesn't mean your culture is toxic. Um, but if it's the same thing every day and we'll dive into things to look for to identify that if you're in a toxic environment, we'll dive into that today, but it is deeper. It's perpetual. It's a culture that physically make you feel like not coming to work because it's literally done damage to your physical, whether it's the negativity, unclear expectations, poor leadership, that gets your pressure and histamine levels rising, causing shortness of breath, heart palpitations. That toxicity is ongoing, child. And I hope this makes sense. So from my experience in my jobs, much of the toxicity that I dealt with stemmed from unprofessionalism, dishonesty, micromanaging, racism, poor leadership, favoritism, cliques, gossip, and then the work stress that, that was a little different. Work stress comes in different forms, shapes, situations, projects, encounters, and even people. Yes, people. In fact, for some people, just hearing someone's name can trigger stress and anxiety. In other words, these individuals are always stressed, causing the stress, witnessing it, or experiencing it. And if that is perpetual, that is the perpetual experience with that person, that person is a toxic person. 
Um, think about it. Is your boss, your manager, are people on your teams, are they toxic? Do they, is the experience you get with them typically stressful? Does your boss, he or she, ineffectively lead or delegate tasks poorly? What are some of the negative impacts of this ineffectiveness in your workplace? So I want to challenge you to kind of think about where you work, your experiences with family and friends. Again, this episode, we're diving into toxicity and work culture and stress, but also in the personal lives because we still want to do something about it, right? Now, I don't need to tell you how difficult it is to juggle work stress and toxicity, much less processing or navigating it. I mean, we need our jobs, our benefits and compensation, right? But at what cost, okay? What cost? Isn't peace priceless? And so I'll answer that for you. Yes, peace is priceless. And sometimes you have to make that executive difficult decision to choose your peace over toxicity, the thing, the place or person that causes you stress. And it's like, why can't people just show up to work with integrity, be unbiased, work hard, be professional and execute effectively? My grandma would say that's too much like right. And maybe it is too much like right because it likely won't happen. We live in a society filled with a variety of different types of people with different value systems. And some people just don't care. Some people are toxic hell raisers that are strategically stashed along our path to help us gain muscle, okay, to help us overcome those things and to really show us what we're made of. So basically, you just really need to work on preserving your nerves and your health because we can't change everyone. It's about changing and mastering you. You have to protect your peace, sis. Say it with me. So I've learned that healthy work cultures are produced by effective leadership and maintained by great employees. In the words of Gandhi, one of my favorite quotes, you can be the change that you want to see. You can be the change that you want to see. But moreover, effective leaders are effective coaches who help to weed out toxicity. People will be people. Like I mentioned, we can't control it. However, for leaders, constantly checking and correcting toxicity in the work cultures has to be a priority. So if you are in a position of leadership, I implore you not to turn a blind eye, but to work towards rectifying that toxic culture. You know it. Silence only perpetuates it. Remember, it's usually work atmospheres and cultures that forces great workers to quit. People are walking off on jobs and they're skilled and talented and can do it well. And the company can benefit from their skills and talent. But the environment is just too much. It's the environment and the work culture that forces great workers to quit. Elevating our blood pressure and driving us to happy hours or buying a fifth of Hennessy or whatever your preferred drink is. Or those toxic environments are leading people to go home and be rude to their families. It's leading them to long hours sessions on therapy couches. And we know substances will never fix our toxic environment. We know that going home, being rude and mean to our families, that will never fix it either. Those are outward expressions and reaching for things 
because we are unhappy. We are under pressure. Our environment is causing additional tension within us. Think about it. How many people do you think would be willing to take a pay cut in exchange for a healthier and more engaging work environment? Understand that the work environment and culture is queen. And again, everything that I'm saying about the workplace, stress and toxicity-wise, think about your personal lives as well. So I'm going to talk about a couple signs to help you identify if you're working in a toxic environment. I'm going to address the toxic environment and some factors that causes stress in work environments, specifically for women of color, which you've probably are already on top of it. Girl, you've already got your bag, your pen, your paper, you're ready. You know that you're in a toxic environment. But for those that are trying to pinpoint what is the problem, I'm going to address some of these factors to help them identify it. And then I'll give you a few things and we'll get into some solutions and wrap it up here on the podcast. Okay, so one of the first things to take a a telltale sign that you're working in a toxic environment is to look at your leadership, ineffective leadership. Have you ever had a manager, a supervisor, or a director that lacked clarity? They were all over the place, lackadaisical, clueless, you know, didn't set realistic expectations. They were passive aggressive and avoided conflict. Characteristics and behaviors and work styles like these from people who are in charge are tumorous to a healthy work culture. Leadership is not a position, it's a posture. So evaluate your leadership. What is that like? That certainly factors into that creates a toxic work environment. So then there are silos and hesitant collaborations. When you think about silos and people are hesitant to collaborate, for women of color specifically, deep dread stemming from cultural differences, different opinions, and a lack of diversified teams can be root causes for silos and people not wanting to work together. Clicks and management's neglect to foster collaborative cultures is a prevalent cause as well. It's the anxiety produced and the fear of being misunderstood and undermined or microaggressed, making the desire of working by yourself more appeasing. By the time we're done sometime explaining, setting the stage, strategizing, disarming, and highlighting our credibility, we're too exhausted to begin collaborating. Now, this isn't the case for every woman of color. I get it. But this is certainly common. The additional mental and emotional work added taxes to the actual task can be overwhelming. While these factors hold validity, they can also contribute to a more toxic work environment. So a solution for that is to certainly request smaller teams, ask for your supervisor to be intentional with diversifying teams, request to have team leads appointed, and request for that team lead to be coached. You can also suggest different content management and communication platforms. For those people that don't respond to emails, that's just hard to work with, but you may have to work with them. Those are some things you can do. And I know I'm jumping the gun a little bit, getting into the solutions, but I had to say that. Um, Also, icebreakers and setting ground rules for collaborations, that's helpful too. So then when we were still talking about toxic environment, there are conniving behaviors and toxic people. We know the toxic people. 
just the the hell raisers that I kind of talked about. Now, for women of color, some of the unique experiences that we deal with, and I know I talked a lot about discrimination in the previous podcast, but conniving people, when you think about those people, you think of the Karen and the Kevin persona. And I know you've heard of Karen. They gave the man a name. They called him Kevin. Okay. If you haven't heard of Karen, Karen or Kevin, allow me to educate you who these personas are um, from my perspective. Um, It's just not a single person, but it's a cross between white privilege, entitlement, and self-appointing policing and simply harassing behaviors. So the videos you see on social media when they're like, hey, Karen is here, it's just simply harassing behaviors, self-appointed policing, white privilege and entitlement. And this persona is demanding beyond the scope of what's really necessary and or reasonable at the expense typically of black people. Culturally, they're the ones obsessed with calling the cops on innocent black people that are collecting butterflies outside of their trees or that's minding their business, walking through their yard or whatever the case may be. Those are the ones that their entitlement privilege uh, leads them to feel like they are in charge and have to harass people. That is a conniving behavior. And when there are Kevins and Karens, and because oftentimes the Karens and Kevins are targeting black people, black people, in my opinion, it's rooted in some level of racism or superiority complex, okay? And these behaviors creates a more harmful and toxic environment, And they're all around us. I talk about this in the Wusa book, and I speak about the Amy Cooper situation from a couple of years ago. I wrote about it when Wusa released. And that was the woman in the park who didn't want to put her dog on the leash. And this black guy called the cops on her. Well, she called the cops and pretended that she was in danger um, and basically put his life on the line, pretending to be in danger. And get this, she was an executive at her job. So there are a lot of Karens and Kevins stashed out in the workplace under the toxic premise. They're decision makers and they're relentless in attempts to tear down and minimize black and brown people to make themselves feel good. Now, Karens and Kevins, um, or let me backtrack. Now, conniving behaviors, they, they're not white, you know, it's not a color. But when we talk about the racial factor for women of color specifically dealing with that unique toxicity, it's the Karen and the Kevins, okay? And then there are oppressive gossip cultures. That adds to toxicity. If you're in a culture where people are constantly stabbing each other in the back and talking about each other, no one is safe. If a colleague deliberately engages or share negative opinions about someone else with no filter or loyalty, They're doing it to you. You know they're doing it to you. And if you don't, if they haven't, they will. Think about it. Gossip distorts perceptions, confidence, morale, and peace, okay? It hurts, divides, and destroys the harmony needed to effectively work together. So gossip, that is a sign of a toxic environment. And then there's cliques, discrimination, privilege, favoritism, nepotism. And I talked about discrimination in, I think, episode two of Wusa, but go back and listen to the other episodes that you've missed anyway. So those things are signs that you're in a toxic environment. And then the most important thing 
uh, sign and indicator that you're in a toxic environment are health changes. So if your work environment is making you sick, depressed, or anxious, there is a problem. If you're chronically stressed, unnaturally introverted, or have a strong desire to avoid colleagues and management, and your disposition is completely different, you're acting out of character, and you feel afraid to miss emails, make a mistake, be reprimanded, or dropping the ball, your health is negatively impacted by your work environment, and it has too much control over your emotions. And if you don't feel you can be yourself, you're fatigued, sad, disturbed by your work environment, and it drains you. If your pressure's up, your heart pal- you're experiencing heart palpitations, that is a sign that you are in a toxic environment. And sis, you've got to listen to your body and pay close attention to your health. Those are all signs that you're in a toxic environment. And remember, toxicity produces stress, and stress can kill you. So we've talked about signs that you're in a toxic work environment, and I think it's um, pretty simple to really gather just knowing that it's a perpetual thing. It's the culture there. Now let's talk about stress factors. What are some of the factors that causes stress um, that adds on or compounds with toxic environments? Uh, Stress factors, uh, discrimination and microaggression. We talked about that specifically, you know, because this podcast is is for women of color. Um, We walk. I welcome everybody. Okay, but I am talking specifically um, to women of color. So stress, discrimination, microaggressions, all that causes stress. Uh, Low wages. Just because your pay is low doesn't mean it's a toxic environment. Okay, you see the differences. But low wages does cause stress. You're not getting paid enough. You're literally trying to make ends meet and you're working your butt off. Okay. another thing that causes stress is heavy workloads. We've all been there. Doesn't matter what color. Heavy workloads can leave people feeling stretched too thin, overwhelmed, These workloads can also trigger anxiety and fear of not finishing your task on time, which I previously just talked about. That causes worry of you potentially losing your job. So here's that difference again. This heavy workload can be a stress trigger, right? But if you have an ineffective manager and that's how they run their um, environment, that's how they do things, that is a toxic environment perpetuated by an ineffective leader that's giving you all these crazy expectations that you can't complete. And now you're fearful for losing your job and you're stressed out, so much so to where you're skipping lunch, you're working late, coming in early, working off the clock. And that could be extremely detrimental to your family, your personal life, your health. And people still do it. But guess what? There are no gold stars or ribbons waiting for us. And there's definitely no extra compensation for all the extra work that you're doing. Great work is rewarded with more work. Oh, you did a great job. Let's give her more. And I had to learn that the hard way to leave some of my tasks for the next day, especially if it was time for me to get off. Do you think your supervisor will wait with you at the ER after you become really sick from work stress or that toxic environment that they've created? No. So guess what? Take care of you. You got to woosah. You got to prioritize you. Another thing that causes stress environments is little to no acknowledgement or personal growth or development. And that's critical for me. And I'm sure it is for you because you're listening to this podcast. 
So you hope to grow in some facet or form unless you're just out here supporting me, which I appreciate. But I hope you're gleaning something from it. And if that isn't critical for you, it should be. A wise person is always pondering their next move and taking action that will help them achieve their development. So when you're not acknowledged, a simple thank you goes a long way. So when you don't receive that and then there's no room for growth, you're like on a hamster wheel. You're running in a circle. This is the you've maxed out. This is the most you're going to get paid. This is the last position that triggers stress. The little room for growth or lack of professional development or lack of positive feedback even makes people feel sick, stuck, unfulfilled, unappreciated, and robotic. Then there is work-life balance. And the truth is, for most ambitious people like myself, we struggle with work-life balance. And it doesn't come natural, so we have to schedule it to achieve it. In our culture, for Black people, a lot of them are workaholics. And we have a hard time with this concept because in our community, we glorify team no sleep, no days off, 24-7 grind. Or we can't afford not to work. And if we do take time off, we're still consumed by strict deadlines or the work that we have to come back to. And we fret over the tasks we didn't complete before we went on vacation which defeats the whole purpose of having the time off. So balance is a quintessential part of effectiveness. And that is something that I am currently practicing. I I don't have all the answers. I'll say that in a heartbeat, okay? I'm learning as I go and grow, but I'm committed to getting better. So stop responding to those emails and phone calls while you're on break. Start focusing on your self-care please and thank you. Okay, so we've talked about stress factors and how to identify your environment as toxic. Let's get into some solutions. Okay, here's the good stuff. Grab a pen, a piece of paper, or grab your Woosai workbook. Let's dive in, ladies. Let's get it. So here is my simple guide to managing life stress and work stress. Do know that stress is it's just a part of life. It is what it is. But the more you can reduce it at work, the less you take home, the more you can reduce in your personal life, the less you bring to work, um, and you can manage it better. So number one is getting organized and prioritized. I'm telling you, organization is a silent key to stress management. If you get stressed because you're running behind, guess what? Leave a little early. Give yourself more time. That's prioritizing. That's getting organized. Make a to-do list. Set calendar reminders. Leave some flex room in your schedule in case something urgent comes up and you're thrown off course. That's especially if you have children because nothing ever really goes to plan. Not always. But with proper planning, things can run a little bit more smoothly. So, sis, don't pack your schedule. Leave some room in your day for the unexpected. And if nothing comes up, That is your extra time, and don't give it away. Don't pack it just because you got the time. Keep it and do nothing. Number two, say no and speak up. Advocating for yourself and other women of color is one of the best things you can do to build confidence and to reduce stress. 
And I talked about that in uh, one of the previous podcast episodes. So really speaking up, don't hold your tongue. If it's something that's out of line or impacting you physically, you have to speak up. You have to say no. You have to. Acknowledge your grievances as well. I give you permission. What has you stressed? Write it down. Give yourself permission to say, hey, this doesn't make me feel good. This stresses me out. You don't have to be strong all the time. And we'll talk about that in another episode. But this strong black woman syndrome is actually toxic at its toxicity at its finest. Okay, who told you you have to bear these things? You don't have to. That is additional stress on your body. So give yourself permissions to acknowledge your grievances. Say no and speak up. The next thing, let it ring. Turn off the notifications. You don't have to answer at that moment. You don't have to be readily available. I know we live in a microwave Insta society that says we have to respond fast. We have to get every text and call and message, but it's not true. People want access to us 24-7 and we give it to them. And then are frustrated when they expect it and demand it because we've given all of our time away. Don't feel like you need to be responsive every minute of the day. In fact, when you feel you must respond, no matter what, if it undermines your boundaries and heightens your stress, especially when you're repeatedly answering draining calls and text messages, including from family members, don't give your energy away. Evaluate who are your faucets, who are your drains, are you being drained? And don't feel bad if it's just what it is. That relationship may have to go because your health is more important. So just say no. The next thing, table it. Can you circle back to it? Which kind of goes to the previous point. It doesn't have to be an instant thing. Can you table it? Can you get back to it tomorrow? You do know there's a difference between urgent and important, okay? Knowing the difference between those two is going to save you a world of a life of stress and just reduce trouble, okay? Urgent means the task requires immediate response. If it does not require immediate response, it's important. It could be important. And if it's important, you can get to it around your schedule. So prioritize your day accordingly. And just because it's important doesn't mean it's urgent. The next thing, make a last call. Just like if you were at the bar, this is the last call. Manage your time wisely, set a cutoff time, and then stick to it. For example, if you say, today I'm going to complete five tasks, you've written them out, you've researched it, you've worked on it, okay? And your cutoff may be 4.30. Do not start anything new at 3.50. That doesn't make sense. Give yourself the flex room, have a last call, don't pack your schedule, pick a couple things and make a cutoff time to help reduce that stress. I promise you, it is going to save you significant tension in your chest and the tightness that comes with stress. The next thing is to set boundaries, which is a really great segue because we're going to talk about boundaries next week. So make sure you tune in next week. That is the Boundary Podcast. Uh, Minimize your personal stress. When you get a good night's sleep, that helps. Don't sweat the small stuff. Anything that's out of your control, 
let it go, stop majoring on the minor, don't overcommit yourself, and focus on maintaining your health. The next thing is to have a mindset shift. Shift your mindset. How do you see yourself? Change your perspective on how you view things. Are you creating a stress in your own head with these ideas that you think people are thinking and no one's thinking it but you? Change your perspective on how you view things, including how you see yourself, sis. Then you want to delegate. Can someone else assist you with this? I know we have a tendency of wanting to do everything by ourselves because we believe that's the only way it's going to be done right and effective. But you can trust your team. Can someone on your team, can you assign it to someone on your team? Can you ask your spouse, your daughter, your friend for help and be okay if it's not done how you want it to be done? That doesn't mean it's not going to get done. So that is a way to reduce your stress. Ask for help. Not asking for help is a sign of pride. And pride comes before the fall. And that fall is going to be hard. Okay, and we're not trying to fall. We're here for community. You have community. Delegate it. Don't be too proud to ask for help. The last thing to help you reduce stress is to reward yourself. Treat yourself. Celebrate your small victories. What went right today? What are you proud of? Send a nice note to someone else so that could be their reward. Reward yourself for the things you're doing right. Be good to yourself. Life is already stressful and hard enough, especially if you're in a toxic work environment. So you might as well be good to you and be the little goodness that you will get. It's easy to point out where we've slacked, the things we've done wrong. So do something different and focus on what you have accomplished successfully. You work too hard, sis. So be sure to play hard too. Hello? Okay. Now, those are some of my solutions for reducing stress. Let's talk about toxicity, working in a toxic environment, and what is the move with the toxicity, okay? What are we doing about the toxic environment? That first thing, I like to call it the Michelle Obama approach. That is killing them with kindness. When they go low, you go high, okay? We can't control other people, but we can control ourselves. We are also boss, stellar high-quality premium women. We be the light in dark spaces and toxic spaces. We be the one that people are waiting to come into the office because, man, when she comes through things, she's feel better or she always has some positive to say or she's always joyful. You be that. You The Michelle Obama approach, you kill them with kindness. When they go low, you go high. And I know that's challenging at times, but do know that it will pay off Be kind to everyone, even the toxic people, because you're not going to allow their toxicity to impact who you are and who you were called to be. There's a scripture, Colossians 3.23, I believe, uh, that says, do everything unto the Lord. So really, because God has blessed you with your job or your whatever it is that you have, you show up and you do what you're created to do and he gets blessed, right? Because it's not about how the other people are acting in your workspace. It's about how am I honoring uh, the gifts that the, that God put in me? How am I showing up using my gifts and doing what he called me to do? I'm minding my business in my lane because I can't control anyone else. So that's what you do. You kill them with kindness. You keep going. But at the same time and at the same time, when you if you if it's impacting your health now that that's a 
that's an operation exit, you know, because anything that's impacting your health, that's different. But if you, you feel your health leading up to that point, definitely prioritize your health. However, if the toxicity hasn't gotten you there yet, I'm not suggesting that you just sit tight either. I'm suggesting that you move with strategy and you put these points in play to help reduce stress and to do something about your toxic environment because everyone's not in a position just to quit tomorrow or just to walk off their jobs, okay? So that's that first thing, killing them with kindness. And their problem and toxicity will not be able to affect you. Trust me, bad behavior will catch up with them even if you're not around to see it. Number two is to decide, which brings me to that point, is this environment right for you? You may love your job but hate the environment. However, you'll need to think about whether you can be productive working under those challenging conditions. Ask yourself this, is the environment impacting your health? If so, how? You got to do what's best for you when it comes to your health. Remember, they're not going to be at the ER with you waiting, okay? They're going to have your shift covered. Your boss is not going to be there waiting after she's the one that causes stress. So think about your health. Do you believe that speaking up will help other people be treated more fairly or to help eradicate toxicity? Make sure your LinkedIn profile is up to date. <laughs> Create a couple search agents. On Indeed, Monster, always have your ducks in a row. Stay ready like my grandma says so you don't have to get ready just in case you need to move around, see what's out there. Don't forget to tap into your networks for potential opportunities. But if you choose to stay in the environment, consider setting boundaries. And boundaries are setting boundaries. That, that's real self-care, okay? Self-care is not getting your nails done, manicures, pedicures, and I'm going to talk about that next week. It is identifying your need, advocating for yourself until your needs are met, and then doing something about it. That's what self-care is. And setting boundaries in the workplace, that is a form of toxic environment prevention, Okay, and taking care of you. Be clear about what you will and won't engage in or allow or allow. Train people how to treat you. Say no when your plate is full. Shut off at the end of the day. That boss that's constantly um, expecting you to do this, that, and the third, if it's not within your job description, push back. You don't have to take it. Set clear expectations and avoid sharing too much personal stuff with your colleagues. Get away from the hell raisers and the gossipers. Here's another thing with the toxicity. Study policy and document everything. Company policies are listed online. You can ask HR for company policy. Document the inappropriate incidents, behaviors, and policy conflicts. Keep a record of inappropriate requests from your boss and the times you were unfairly denied vacation or legitimate requests. When were you harassed? When did you see favoritism, racial injustices? dishonesty, abuse of power and leadership, jot all of that down. What helps is emailing it to yourself as well because that, that's a time stamp. Email it to your personal account. The stuff you see in that culture that's um, aiding and encouraging toxicity, keep documentation of it all because everybody reports to somebody, okay? And document your special accomplishments, the things that you did right. So if you have one of those ineffective leaders that struggles with giving you pay raises, don't acknowledge what you do, jot down the things that you're doing right so when review time comes, you have your your track record 
of the things that you've done, whether you save the company money, you created a new system approach. Things that are good and bad and ugly, document all of it. And I'm not saying to become a tattletale, but if you need this documentation, it's really great to have it because you may have to file a grievance if it's time for you to leave your employer. And that way, if it's emailed to yourself, you can dispute it if they try to write you up because you have your track, your track record. So I've always used documentation on every job to protect myself and to prove my point. And if, when, the times I had to file grievances in the past, and I've had to do that. I had a habit of documenting every noteworthy encounter that I had with a boss or a colleague. It could be tedious, don't get me wrong, but it's so necessary and better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. Also, knowing your company policy just kind of helps you stay ahead of the curve, too, so they can't pull fast ones on you. And it's just a layer of protection. So though that's a, something you can do. Also, think about who's in charge. Like I mentioned, everyone reports to, to somebody, okay? Knowing your HR representative, that's important. While working in toxic environments, pull up the organizational chart. If you don't have access to it, you can ask your boss for that chart. So that way you know who's in regional, who's the director, who's who. Find out who people report to and get as much backstory as you can. It's important to know the critical players. And it's essential if you if you need to file a grievance or if you plan to speak up. Now, unless your emotions are made of Teflon, choosing to stay in a toxic environment will eventually wear you down and force you to take action. Perhaps it may force you to walk off the job sooner than you would have liked because that was that day they had one more time and then it happened. So protect yourself to avoid having a meltdown at all costs. You have to do what's best for you, sis. Also, um, think about your EEOC, the role that they play in workplace complaints. And that's the board that really governs and, and looks out for employees. So be mindful of that. Another toxic environment strategy is self-care. Now, I talked about that, and really self-care, in my opinion, are the boundaries that it's properly identifying what you need and advocating for yourself and communicating um, communicating them, being able to say, hey, I need this. I need to rest. I need backup. I need support to communicate them and then fight for yourself until they're fulfilled. That's self-care on the job. You can also, of course, do stuff like watch your favorite TV show on your lunch break, go to your car, take a nap, do some walks around the building, step away from your desk to excuse yourself from the environment. As best you can, you can um, try not to take it home. Know that this is not your end-all, be-all. You don't plan to retire there. Now, if you do, that's different. But for the majority of us that are all about upward mobility and gaining skill sets and moving around and shake, moving and shaking, you're not going to be there forever. Figure out a way to protect your peace while there, unless your health is just completely impacted, then you need to move a little sooner. Okay, I, I can't stress enough just the importance of your health because, again, your job is your livelihood. And if one job has burnt you out so bad, you're not really in or a relationship, okay? Because we're still talking about the personal side, too. If one relationship has burnt you so bad or a job, you won't have anything to give to your next. 
So you've got to sever ties, even if it is your um, benefactor, even if it is your bread and butter, what is most important? So that is another strategy, certainly, the self-care piece. That's really about choosing you. So I hope that those toxic environment strategies were helpful. I hope some of the stress reduction strategies were helpful. If um, you need to hear this podcast again, play it. You can also grab a copy of Wusa and the workbook specifically. The workbook has a lot of activities and breakdowns of things you can do to really help you combat toxic environments and to reduce stress. So that is my time, ladies and any gents out there that are listening. I look forward to being back here next week to talk about boundaries. I really hope this episode was helpful. If you found it helpful, share it for me. Give me your feedback. What would you love to hear me talk about? What can I do differently? And hey, I appreciate you. Peace and love. I'm Coach Ruck Robertson, and you've been listening to the Wusa Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Wusa the Book or by searching Raquel Robertson. If you haven't yet, be sure to pick up your copy of Wusa, a survival guide for women of color working in corporate, available in ebook, audio, and in paperback. And grab the accompanying workbook and journal, Wusa Workplace Peace Seven Keys to Obtaining a More Fulfilling Work Experience, both available at Raquel Shelton. Com. Hey, while you're over there at my website, hit the subscribe button to join my mailing list. And if you found this episode helpful, write a review, share it with a friend. But most importantly, be sure to protect your peace, advocate for yourself, and woosah whenever you need to.